Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to the Wednesday before Thanksgiving edition of John Solomon Reports. That's right. Get the yams, get the turkey, get the cranberry. And I actually, I know this is weird. I like turnips. My wife always wrinkles her nose when I say I'm going to make the turnips this year, but I love turnips. I've got my own secret recipe and I'll be cooking and celebrating with my family. I hope you are too. But hey, we've got some work to do before we get to that great holiday. And uh, we've got a great pre-Thanksgiving show for you. Let me tell you who's coming on. The woman who would like to send Liz Cheney into forcible retirement in the state of Wyoming. Harriet Hegeman is here today. She obviously is challenging Liz Cheney for the Wyoming congressional seat. She has the endorsement of President Trump. This is going to be one of the most watched primary battles in America in the next year. And we have Harriet here for the whole hour to talk about what does she stand for? What are the issues? What do Wyoming Republicans and voters need and want? What's the difference between her and Liz Cheney? We've invited Liz Cheney on the show many times. I hope she will come on. I knew her dad very well. We'll try to dig in and try to find out. But we've got a great, great interview today with Harriet Hagman. You won't want to miss that at all. And then we've got Kalen Dorr. If you don't know who Kalen Dorr is, he's one of the most influential people in the free speech space today. He is a senior vice president at Getter, the brand new social media giant that we've had Jason Miller, the CEO of on several times. A lot of you are on Getter following just the news here. He's also a senior advisor to the America First Policy Institute, the Trump policy think tank that has really grown in prominence so quickly here in America. Kalen is really taking on big issues of censorship and cancel culture. And how do we build a new generation of apps and of speech forums and policies that allow all of us to express our opinions civilly, legally, without all of the silliness of cancel culture, censorship, and all of the things that we have suffered through for the last two or three years, which I think really has diminished the American experience. We have billionaire tech executives telling us what to think, how to think, how to speak. That's not American. You know that. I know that. Most Democrats I talk to know that. Most liberals I know talk that way. You heard what the great liberal Alan Dershowitz said on our show yesterday. You get it. You know what's going on. All right. We've got a really fun show. I don't want to waste any more time. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Harriet Hageman is here. We're going to talk about the big, most watched house race in the Republican primaries next year, Wyoming, Hageman versus Cheney, up right after this commercial break. 
Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break and a very special guest. I know you've been waiting for her to come on this show. A great opportunity to talk to the person who is going to challenge Liz Cheney in the Wyoming primary next year. Uh, joining me right now is Harriet Hageman. Harriet, welcome to the show. Oh, John, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It is. Uh, it's an honor to have you on in such an important time. And, you know, everyone knows about your challenge to Liz Cheney. I'm going to turn to that in a second. But you do some very important legal work for the National Civil Liberties Alliance. And I want you to talk a little bit about some of the cases you guys are pursuing, because even as you're running, you're also trying to contest some of the policies that Joe Biden and his team have been implementing. And uh, I just want to shout out that work. And if you could just give us a little touch of some of the things that you're involved with right now. You bet. Um, It's actually the new Civil Liberties Alliance. It's out of Washington, D.C. We are a public interest law firm, and what we focus on is attempting to rein in the unlawful administrative state. So several of the lawsuits that we're pursuing right now are against the vaccine mandates. We filed two weeks ago, we filed a lawsuit in the Southern District of Texas challenging the federal uh, uh, vaccine mandate for all federal employees. It's a class action lawsuit for all federal employees that have natural immunities. 
and uh, we're seeking an injunction to prevent or prohibit the federal government from forcing all of our federal employees to become vaccinated if they already have natural immunities. And so for those folks out there who have that and maybe federal employees, they're already part of our class. So that's one lawsuit that we're pursuing. Another lawsuit. Yeah, an important one. It's a very important one. This is all about liberty and freedom, and it's about government overreach, and it's about the federal government simply has no police power to impose these kinds of mandates on our citizens, right. whether they are federal employees or not. Another lawsuit that we filed is against Michigan State University. Again, on behalf of those individuals who have natural immunity, we're challenging their vaccine mandate because they do not rec- recognize natural immunity as a reason for not getting a, a vaccine. So those are two of the lawsuits that we're pursuing on that. I also recently sued the federal government related to the EPA in right. um, when they blew out the Gold King mine in the in August of 2015. There were some EPA employees who went up to the Gold King mine without my client's knowledge, the person who owns the mine, and they blew out that portal. They dumped three million gallons of toxic water into the Atavis River, hmm. and they also dumped 800,000 pounds of heavy metals. And uh, again, without my client's knowledge or permission, they built a $2.8 million water treatment facility on his property. And in the intervening six years, they've never paid him a dime in rent. Wow. So I filed a, a claim against the United States in the Court of Federal Claims. We're seeking almost $4 million in damages as well as interest for their unconstitutional taking of his property. So that's another lawsuit that I've been pursuing right now, uh, trying to force the federal government to actually comply with the Fifth Amendment to the United States Constitution. Yeah, that is one thing that runs through your campaign and everything that we know about you. You really believe in the Constitution and the strict interpretation of it, and you really believe in freedom. And this this big government, the surveillance state, the bureaucratic state, uh, the overreaching state where bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats, seem to have more and more and more power every day. That really is essential to your campaign. Isn't that one of the biggest messages of your campaign? Well, absolutely. But it's also been one of the biggest messages in terms of what I've done in my legal practice for almost 30 years. I have been fighting on these constitutional issues, first in my own law firm in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and did that for 20 years. But then I went to work with this firm out of Washington, D.C. I still live in Cheyenne and commute to D.C. as necessary. But the purpose of that was that I wanted to focus exclusively on constitutional cases. So private property rights, one of the lawsuits, when you use the word surveillance, one of the lawsuits that I recently brought against the United States Department of Agriculture was they issued a fact sheet. It wasn't even a regulation. They just issued a pronouncement that all of our livestock producers in the United States are going to have to use RFID or radio frequency identification ear tags for their cattle and register all of their ranches with the federal government. Well, there's nothing in the Constitution or the laws or the statutes that would allow them to do that. So I sued on behalf of some ranchers in Wyoming and South Dakota and on on behalf of RCAF, and we forced them to withdraw that guidance document. They're still trying to go forward with it, though, so we continue to fight them in the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. But see, that's a pure surveillance case. That's what the RFID is They can track everyone, every cow, and everything you're doing with it. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it's about. So 
and and my law firm does other work like that. Uh, you know, the license plate readers where they keep the information for five years and they can track every place you've ever been in a particular community. Again, the government doesn't need to have this kind of authority. Uh, we have we have awfully good citizens in this country, and uh, we are the government. Yeah. The Constitution was written recognizing that all of these rights that are set forth in the Bill of Rights are, are inherent in us from the moment of conception. The government doesn't have a right to take them away. And over the years, we have, through a variety of mechanisms and sometimes just not paying attention. We've allowed the government, especially the federal government, but state governments as well, to just really embed themselves in our lives. And we have stockpiled more and more power in Washington, D.C. to the detriment of everybody in this country, and it needs to change, and that's what I want to do. Yeah, we the people. There's no doubt about it, the most powerful force in in this country still. Um, You're taking on a giant in in politics, certainly in Wyoming. Uh, The Cheney name has been synonymous of Wyoming for so long, and yet you see this moment where uh, she, Liz Cheney, is not connecting with Wyoming anymore. She's disconnected from the very issues that they are. What is it like to run against someone who has such extraordinary name recognition, but also seems to be going in reverse in terms of popularity with her own uh, voters in the state of Wyoming? You know, I look at every individual pretty much the same, and regardless of their name or what their history may be, if they're not doing the right thing, we need to call them out. And the reason we have elections every two years is to hold them accountable. And I really don't care what your last name is. If you're not doing what Wyoming needs you to do, then you shouldn't be there representing us. The fact is that Liz Cheney broke from Wyoming well over a year ago. Uh, We believe very strongly in Wyoming on the America First Agenda, the Wyoming First Agenda, uh, uh, energy independence, uh, uh, and being able to use our natural resources, manage and use our natural resources. All of the issues that are important to Wyoming are important to the United States. But one of the things that's absolutely critical here is our natural resources. And for the one of the first times in, in Wyoming history, we do not have a representative on the Natural Resource Committee because Liz Cheney chose to go on the Armed Services Committee. And while that wow. may benefit Virginia, it doesn't do a doggone thing for the state of Wyoming. And here's why that's so so terribly significant right now, and that is that just recently a bill was passed out of the House Natural Resource Subcommittee that would add an 8% gross royalty on existing mines, 4% on new mines, a 7 cent fee for every ton of rock removed, all kinds of things. And what this bill is designed to do is to to destroy our mining industry in Wyoming. Wyoming had no representative on that committee because Liz Cheney chose not to serve on the all-important Natural Resource Committee because she wanted to be on a committee that would benefit Virginia where she lives. Liz Cheney doesn't represent Wyoming. She doesn't represent Wyoming in the sense of of what she has done with President Trump, her obsession with him. Um, She is not representing our interest, and she's providing an awful lot of cover for Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and their horrific radical left agenda. And when she's taken her eye off the ball, we're all suffering for it. And uh, that's why I'm running against her. So, yes, I, I, I would agree that the Cheney name has been important in Wyoming, but I would argue that because of that, she had a responsibility to us, not the other way around, and yet she's abandoned us. The polling number really shows, the polling numbers really show the distrust and the concern. Uh, the January 6th commission, there's a lot of different things that play into this. But as you look out, what do you think the when, when you look at the election next year, what will be the question that Wyoming voters will ask themselves when they pick between you and uh, Liz Cheney? What do you think is the most important question for them to answer? Who represents Wyoming? Who understands Wyoming? Who has spent her career fighting for Wyoming? Who is willing to go back to Washington, D.C. and bring Wyoming values with her? 
I think that this all comes down to a, a, a contest between, it's almost like a contest, really, what we're seeing play out nationwide. This is a battle between Wyoming and Washington, D.C. She represents Washington, D.C., and I represent Wyoming in the West. I represent what are all the great things in this country. I represent freedom and liberty. I represent uh, the rule of law. I represent an understanding about the Constitution and why it's so critically important that we always adhere to what the Constitution and the foundation provided for us. And that is, again, coming back to freedom and liberty. We were one of the first countries in the world that recognized, again, that our rights come from God. They don't come from government. And so I, I grew up on a ranch in Wyoming. I grew up very free. I grew up really not even thinking much about government at all because they had such little impact on our lives. And here I am 59 years later, which is how old I am, but um, we've got government that wants to it, it pervade every aspect of our lives, whether it is in the trees that we plant or the, the fuel that we use. It just it, it is a never ending battle of government attempting to control more and more of our lives. And the, the, the more powerful the government becomes, the weaker the individual becomes. I personally believe that um, that I, I trust my fellow Wyomingites much more than I would trust the vast majority of people in Washington, D.C., in terms of making good policy decisions for the folks out here. So what this really comes back down to, in my opinion, is Wyoming versus D.C. I'm Wyoming. She's D.C. Yeah, that is definitely going to be the issue. And you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people who don't live in Wyoming probably don't remember or know is that more than or nearly half of the land in uh, Wyoming is owned by the federal government. So the government has such an enormous impact on on Wyoming, disproportional to let's say other other states that don't have as a large of land holding in the federal government's possession. You really are a big advocate for federal land management reform, and that's something that we don't talk about enough in Washington anymore. Talk a little bit about what your vision is for how you can reform that and make the federal lands in Wyoming work better for the citizens of Wyoming. Wyoming is the ninth largest in terms of federal land ownership. The federal government owns 40% of our surface estate, and they own 62% of our mineral rights. And what that means is that every single one of our communities is affected by the decisions that are made in Washington, D.C., whether it's the Forest Service or the BLM or the Park Service, um, you know, Yellowstone National Park, Grand Teton National Park, Devil's Tower National Monument, those are all in Wyoming. But I would really focus on BLM and the National Forest Service. And so when, when they make decisions in D.C. that are destructive in Wyoming, they never pay the consequences, but we do. And I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about with that, and that is that in uh, two 2001, one of the very last things that the Clinton administration did was adopted the roadless rule. And the roadless rule was designed to deny access management and use to 58.5 million acres of National Forest Service lands in the United States, including 3.2 million acres in Wyoming. The state of Wyoming hired me to sue over that. that They hired my law firm, and I represented the state of Wyoming as a special assistant attorney general, and we challenged that uh, uh, regulation and ultimately won. I was able to get a nationwide injunction against that regulation, which was a really good thing. But here's the reality. Because of their mismanagement and their effort to push forward with that with that regulation, that's where we've had the catastrophic forest fires in the interior west. In fact, just in the last year or so, we've had uh, horrific fires in an area where um, the, the Forest Service refused to allow us to go in and treat in a blowdown area mm. where there had been a blowdown of 13,000 acres in one night. Wow. And it became infested with the pine beetle. And the Forest Service refused to allow us to go in and treat it because it was in a roadless area. And as a result, we lost 
we have lost thousands upon thousands upon thousands of acres to the pine beetle. Mm. But then just last year, that's where those catastrophic forest fires hit above uh, Estes Park. Right. And we were losing, uh, in, one, in, in one particular fire, we were losing 6,000 acres an hour as a result of wow. that catastrophic forest fire because the fuel load was so yep. extreme that they were not able to stop it. So just in, in one the fire, uh, the, the uh, East Troublesome Fire began on August 14th and grew to over 170,000 acres in 10 days, burning as many as 6,000 acres per hour as of October 23rd. Boy, that's mind-numbing. fire in one. It's mind-numbing. And so what you're th- thinking about there is not only are you talking about the carbon emissions associated with it, right. but you're talking about the destruction of a resource that can be used for building materials. Right. Our housing costs in this country are out of control. Inflation is out of control. We lost literally hundreds of thousands of acres of usable timber because of bad policies coming out of Washington, D.C., mm. which is another issue that I want to fight. And then maybe this is the time or another time I can come back, but we need to talk about Joe Biden's 30 by 30 land grab. They want to take another 18% of our surface estate out of production and put it under federal control, which would be um, a which would be devastating to, again, probably to the interior west because I think that's where they're going to focus. Yeah. They already own 640 million acres and they want more than double that. So how do they take private land and move it off of into their possession or into their control? How does that actually work? Well, a couple of different ways. Uh, they there, There's a variety of ways. They can do it through conservation easements. They can do it through various grant programs, and they can also do it. So I was just talking to a rancher three days ago who had a wildlife corridor declared on his property, and he now can't even put in a water pipeline for his cattle because there's a wildlife corridor across his property wow. for a species that is neither, neither endangered nor threatened. So it's those kinds of things. It's 10 acres here. It's 170 acres there. It's 3,000 acres over here and pretty soon what they're headed for is another uh, 700 million acres or yeah 700 million acres that they want to control it's absurd they can't they can't manage what they already have we sure as heck can't let them take any more yeah now that is amazing people who don't live in states with large uh, public lands don't understand the potential power of the government to just take you know just literally seize things and declare that you can't do something on your own land that you yourself own it's it is absolutely remarkable. Well, I've handled several lawsuits. One uh, fairly famous one was a gentleman who moved an irrigation ditch on his property, affected 2.1 acres of his own land, and the EPA sued him for violating the Clean Water Act, which he didn't. They didn't have jurisdiction. We ended up going to trial on that case, but at one point he was facing penalties of $65 million for moving an irrigation ditch on his property. We went to a two-week trial in federal court and we won, but just winning that lawsuit cost him a million dollars in a attorney's fees and expert witness fees, and it took six years of his life of fighting that battle against the EPA. Yeah. It was a test case. The EPA wants to take control of our irrigation infrastructure, and that was one of the cases that they decided to use to do it. We fought back, and fortunately, I had a fabulous client who was willing to fight back uh, and not enter into a consent decree, and we were able to protect our irrigation infrastructure in the state of Wyoming as a result. But those are the kinds of things that the federal government is doing that we need to stop. 
And this is where Liz Cheney being obsessed about the January 6th stuff. She isn't addressing any of these things. That's, That's what's hurting her, right? She's not, so she's not engaged back home, right? You know, we talk about bringing no. back the bacon with it, but it, there, she's more interested in the, in the games in Washington and the January 6th and President Trump. And meanwhile, these historic things are happening back home in her state. I, I, I was struck as you were telling me the story about that farmer, because at the end of the day, you lose even when you win the case, because you had to spend all that money on lawyers and time and, and law opportunity uh even winning in those cases imposes a penalty of having to wait not be able to utilize your land the way you wanted it what do you think um if you're living in new york you're living in washington living in virginia florida and you don't have the same connection to the land what's the most shocking thing someone that doesn't you know live in wyoming that would be surprised when they when they came to wyoming well my state is so beautiful I have a beautiful, beautiful state. Yeah, it sure is. We're the ninth largest state, and we have, uh, but we're the least populated. There's only 560,000, and I think what you would enjoy about our state is the variety in the people as well as in the landscape. So you can be in Jackson and be looking at the Grand Tetons, or you can be in the Red Desert, and all of it is just magnificently beautiful, the wildlife that we have. Uh, but the the fact is, is that we have very, very, very good resource managers right here in Wyoming. Our miners, our oil and gas producers, our ranchers, our farmers, their entire livelihood and existence depends upon taking care of the resource that they manage. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't understand. I think people some, some people think, well, the federal government needs to protect it or else it wouldn't be protected. Yeah. And that's exactly the opposite of, of reality. The reality is, is that our folks in Wyoming, I come from a ranch. If my brothers and uh, and my father, if, if they had not maintained the range and the pasture and, and uh, used appropriate grazing techniques and managed the water, they would have been out of business inside of two years. Exactly. Their entire existence is dependent upon being good stewards of the land. That might be a surprise to people. But here's another thing that people are waking up to right now. You destroy our oil and gas companies. You destroy our, our coal companies and you're going to be very cold in the winter and you're going to be very hot in the winter in the summer and you're not going to be driving very far to visit your kids and your grandkids. We amazing? are the Saudi Arabia of the United States. We need to produce these resources because um, th- this is what people need to have that for our quality of life, for our standard of living and the current administration is doing everything in its power to destroy our standard of living and really hurt the poorest among us with these increases in fuel costs. It's really terribly, terribly cruel. And they need to be called out on it. They need to be exposed. We need to educate our people in this country about the consequences of these horrible, horrible decisions. Uh, Wyoming does a great job of making people comfortable, and I want to continue that. Yeah, such an important, the ethos there is such a remarkable, every time I come visit, I'm always struck by just the, the great people and the, the down home. It's a very hospitable state. It's one of my, one of my favorite places to come and visit. And I think with a big election next year, we'll probably be out there covering it. So Harriet, I want to thank you so much for the time uh, today. Let's get you back on the show soon. Now, this is one of the epic races that are out there for next year. Can I do two things right before we, we sign up? First of all, yesterday was my mother's I've... 98th birthday. Oh, and my I gosh. Wanted to God bless her. That is amazing. Absolutely. Yes, she's wonderful. I had a great visit with her. And the other one is for anyone who wants to learn more about me and our campaign, they can go to HagemanForWyoming.com. Welcome any support that you can provide. We love to have people interact with us on our social media and HagemanForWyoming.com. And I look forward to meeting you in person and having another opportunity to visit with your listeners. 
I would love that, Harriet. And we thank you so much. And congratulations to your mom. What an inspiration. That's amazing. 98 <laughs> years young. We can all aspire to that. <laughs> yes, we can. Thank you. All right. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got more remarkable guests just ahead. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody right at the pulse of America right now in two, two incredible jobs. He is currently the Senior Vice President for Global Marketing at the incredible brand new social media site, Getter. I love Getter. I use it all day long. And he's a senior advisor uh, for the America First Policy Institute. Joining me right now is Kaylin Dorr. Kaylin, welcome to the show. John, this is the, the most genuine Long time, first time, I think you'll ever get. Long time <laughs> listener, huge fan, 
so so happy to be here with you uh, this Thanksgiving week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It is, and uh, it's uh, in fact it's hard to believe we haven't done this before. Then we've been a little bit behind. I'm, I'm so glad that we got got you on. You listen. You were in the Treasury Department. You're in the White House. You know what it's like to be in the pressure cooker. You you step back right now and you see this Biden White House prices through the roof, inflation running away, supply chains, uh, ships sitting in port unable to deliver. Now they want to pour some more money into an economy that's already overheated. Uh, how do you assess uh, the Biden administration's, first, it's uh, this policymaking, and two, is there any way they dig out of the mess they made for themselves? Well, I think what you're seeing is you have to approach their policy you know, approach from a couple of different angles. But I think most importantly, what we saw for five years was something that wasn't complicated, right? We had a very pragmatic president. He wasn't, you know, overtly political, despite what, you know, you might see on many media outlets. He wasn't, he wasn't a political guy. You know, he's a businessman. He's incredibly pragmatic. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, yeah, at, at the end of the day, the only thing that mattered to anyone in that administration was whether or not, you know, our policies would create jobs or provide tangible quality of life improvements to the American people, right? And that's, that's yep. important because, as you're aware, as someone who's been covering this for, for decades now or for, for – I can't even remember how long you've been it's involved. It's been decades, right? yep. It's, it's been decades. I said it and I was like oh, – I'm no, old wait, enough to be in decades, yes. <laughs> but as you know, like so much happens in Washington, D.C., and no one ever really sees the effects. They don't. And so what we're seeing now is the complete and total opposite of that. We're looking at a president who um, you know, would rather destroy our country – and give the GOP or, more importantly, President Trump uh, a W for the last four years. Think about it. I mean, even when it comes to things like COVID, for example, they refuse to give President Trump uh, credit for generating vaccines in a record pace. Yeah. When you look at our economy, I don't know that we've ever seen an economy roaring the way that it was for four years there. And it was because, again, does it create jobs? And does it provide a tangible quality of life improvement? And I think overtly everyone would say yes. And, uh, you know, it's all about having more money in your pocket so then you can go pursue your version of the American dream. And right now we're living through, we've got this cadaver in chief in office and <laughs> we're living through an American nightmare. Yeah. And, and there's, there's no other way to describe it. It really is remarkable. And, and when you look at it, the differences in the parties, uh, you just said it perfectly. Republicans want to give money back to you so you can have more freedom and spend it the way you want. And the, uh, uh, the Democrats want to take more money from you and tell you how to live your life. And so this this fundamental clash between two concepts of government, big socialist government and free market capitalism, you know, with a, a limited government uh, is really going to be the the decision point, the fulcrum upon which the next couple of elections are going to be based on. The last one was about Donald Trump and uh, can Joe Biden be a nicer guy? Now they got the nice guy and they got the policies that come with it. They're not so happy. Where do you <laughs> think uh, voters end up in the next couple of elections? Where Do you think they've had enough of this big government uh, socialism? Well, I, it's absolutely fascinating to look at. So you look at what happened here in Virginia, and I think that really gives me a lot of hope as someone who's involved in this kind of thing, because I think the left has vastly overplayed its hand. Um, they have said the quiet part out loud now for about two years, 
they see things such as COVID uh, as an opportunity to transform policy, right? Expand right. the size of the federal government. And I think they finally figured it out. And this has always been the case. And us as Republicans, we kind of, or, or, or conservatives rather, we kind of, we get lost in playing. It's like uh, Little League soccer, right? And if you watch Little League soccer, all the kids are chasing the ball around the field right. and no one's really actually playing the game. And we always forget that the, the safest way for the left in their eyes to expand the size of federal government is to generate these crises, right? We've got the supply chain issue currently, right. uh, and they've used that and this disastrous economy as an excuse to pass abhorrent spending bills uh, since you know Joe Biden's taken office. We've got this terrible, terrible, terrible crisis at the border, and they're using it to pay reparations to illegal aliens. Uh, this 400, these four hundred fifty thousand dollar payments to families uh, that have illegally crossed yeah. our border. I mean, that's something off. They're, they're just going down their wish list, and they're trying to figure out which crises they can create that will help them usher something across the finish line. And we tend to forget that as conservatives. So to circle back to your question, I think people are starting to wake up because they've said the quiet part out loud. And because this has hit home, you know, we, we as conservatives did the right thing in protecting people's pocketbooks for four years. I mean, I don't know about you. There are more people in my life are more financially literate now than they ever have been. And I, you know, give president Trump all the credit for that. And I think now that people are more financially literate, they're more interested in what's going on with their personal finances, what's going on with the stock market, et cetera, that we finally expose them on their own turf. And I think I genuinely, I feel very good about, you know, the next four years of elections uh, here in this country. I think people are waking up a little bit. I think we saw it in Virginia and hopefully we'll see a red wave here in the next few years. Yeah, it's very noticeable that people are dialed in. I think the other place they're dialed in is the education system. In a weird way, the the pandemic forcing people to stay home with their kids got people an inside look at what was going on in the classroom. They hadn't seen it. Like, what the heck is going on here? Are you surprised by how much energy there is at the grassroots level over education? And and of course, other issues, taxes and other things. But uh, it seems like that moment of being home with your children awakened an entire generation of parents in a way I could not have imagined two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it's long overdue, right? You know, I don't have kids of my own, but I remember growing up, you know, education being so pointless and such poor quality. I mean, there's a reason I can barely do math, John. Oh, no, um, say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, maybe they were teaching me a little too much CRT way back when. There but, you go. But no, I, I think you actually hit the nail on the head. Like, there's there's nothing more powerful than watching this kind of unfold in front of our very eyes. And again, they, the left, they couldn't help themselves. They genuinely couldn't help themselves, but the spikes of football on something, um, you know, as, as small as in, in the grand scheme of things as, you know, teaching CRT in schools. And for them, I think they've really damaged their chances over the next you know decade to shape the electorate. Yeah. Because when you think about it, right their whole um, ideology depends on creating dependence on the government. And then also, you know, I would argue that it it depends on, in in a way, hating your own country, right? You know, being an apologist for for the country you belong to or the race that you belong to or 
you know, whatever it may be. And um, I think they've really shot themselves in the foot. This is going to, it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, if we are able to successfully as a, as a nation fight back against CRT and the crap we're seeing in these schools, you know, how the next 10, 20 years go, because this is really their playbook, right? It's open our borders and give out handouts. And then it's, you know, for those of us who, who aren't a part of that camp, it's indoctrinating our, indoctrinating our children. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think this is a huge, huge, huge issue. Yeah, it's amazing to have watched the energy. You just, you just feel like when you're out and about in, in some of these swing states, and I've been to a few of them in the last few weeks, um, it really is a um, energy that you know is real. It's something that feels like this is going to last for a few years. People are excited. Another thing that I think is going to happen, and, and because you're at the America First Policy Institute as a senior advisor, I want to ask you about this. Many yeah. presidents are presidents that carry on existing policy. Maybe they make their own touch to it, but every so often there is a president who creates a new doctrine for the country. You know, people I think can argue Reagan created a new doctrine. FDR clearly did. There's no doubt now, as you look at the success of the America First Policy Institute, that Trumpism is a doctrine. It is actually something that's going to live beyond a Trump presidency and probably define the Republican Party for 25 to 50 years, much like Reagan did uh, during his um, uh, tenure. Are, uh, what are the key elements of the, the emerging Trumpism policy you know, that live on, that, that actually start to create a paradigm for America for 10, 20 years out? I mean, I think we could get into the minutia of it, but honestly, it's so simple. And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. You only have to ask yourself one question in regards to you know the, the policy. Does this put American interests first? Yep. Period. And that, and that's all it is, right? I, I think we see the antithesis of it now, whether it's the disaster in Afghanistan, uh, whether it's whatever the heck is going on with our economy whether it's, you know, even like holding the media accountable, right? Do the, does the next sentence that I'm going to say, you know, advance the interest of American policy, of American people, uh, not the elitist class, um, but, you know, everyday men and women yeah. who have for far too long been forgotten. And I, I think it's that simple. Um, and, and, you know, it's not something that is, you know, requires a textbook to learn. And I think that's what, you know, has really expanded the tent of our party in a way. We don't care who you are yep. as long as you want to put America first, right? It is. It's such an inviting thing, right? Because who doesn't, you know, who doesn't love America? Who doesn't want to be part of an effort to do it? And I think one of the most amazing things, I was, uh, this is about 2013, 2014, I was sitting with a couple of diplomats and they said, you know, foreign policy for most of the last half century has been defined with the the first question, what is the American interest? And they said in twenty thirteen to me, we don't do that anymore. We we go in and we do things and we don't actually define the American interest. And the obviously they were talking about the Afghan war, the Iraq war, but also many other things that had occurred. Donald Trump, I think, forced Americans to define what the interest is, whether what the American interest, whether it's a secure border, whether it's an economic thing, whether it's the pandemic, which was, hey, let's get vaccines right away. It looks like the only way we're going to do it. That that skill set, which had been endemic to America for a half century or more, had been lost at the advent of the 21st century. And it seems like Trumpism has forced everybody to define our interest and then build a policy uh, on that. And, and that's the place where Biden has problems right now. He can't 
explain how leaving a border open is in American interest. He can't explain why mm-hmm. uh, the two or four mm-hmm. trillion dollars he's pouring on the fire is at such a remarkable difference. When you look out now, what is the 2024? What do you think is the question that Americans will ask themselves when they pick their next president? You know, I, I think I think it's going to boil down to the economy. Ultimately, yeah. uh, we saw. So I, I don't I don't know that we've ever talked. Uh, we've ever talked about this, but I was also the chief marketing officer for the president's campaign. Let's let's go around. So right. I, you know, had access to a ton of proprietary data, things like that, and I think. The one thing that moved people more than anyone was, like we were talking about, being able to spend your money the way you want to spend it. It's amazing, isn't it, how powerful that is? It it was absolutely fascinating. This is like one of those things where, you know, in the end, you ask me right now, you know, did Donald Trump lose? I say, you know, we lost, but we lost to COVID. We didn't really lose to Joe Biden, right? I think we lost in response. It was absolutely, uh, you know, backlash related to the pandemic. And I say that because on every policy issue, we want out, right? We want out on the economy. We want out on foreign policy, withdrawing from foreign wars, things like that. And I think as we look at the next few years, the contrast already, we're not even a year into this. And already the contrast is so stark and people are so unhappy that I think they're going to clamor for, uh, you know, a return to this conservative pragmatism. And they're going to clamor for a return to someone that inspires hope and pride once yeah. again, right? I mean, like, I haven't been proud of our country in, you know, 10, 10 months now. And living years, it's freaking sad, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you don't talk, nobody is excited about where we're going. No yeah. one is excited you see about it in every poll. You know, anything. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just, uh, it's just overwhelming. And I think, it's not going to take much for someone to simply come in and uh, and and totally reverse, you know, how we're feeling now. Yep. Yeah. No. There's no doubt. We want that. We we feel like we're just we're not proud about America right now. We were proud for a long time. I want to pivot to the I think the defining issue of our generation, and that is. Uh, the free speech forum that America has always had, all the way back to the 1770s, um, it is in grave danger. And you have gone, stepped out with um, our good friend and, and built Getter. And I think that that's such an important uh, alternative now to Twitter, Facebook, and all the places they're there. It's a combination, it seems to me, of all the censors, right? Think of all the stories that were censored on Kyle Rittenhouse uh, or all the stories that were censored on the Wuhan lab before we found out that those were right. And oh then the, the media getting facts wrong. So you got censorship and erroneous reporting. You, you've been very vocal on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial because it's more than just the trial and the case and the facts at hand. It really is a microcosm of... Uh, the the society we're living in where people are thwarting opinion, thwarting facts, uh, and trying to only let one side dominate the conversation. Do you feel good that the fire is ignited to reverse that trend, that the trend we've seen in the last five, six years? John, I agree with you a thousand percent. This is the single most defining issue of, of our generation. And if we lose on this front, then I think we genuinely lose our country. Um, and so you know, you're a thousand percent correct when it comes to the Rittenhouse trial, because if our social media, our big tech oligarchs, you know, anyone at MSNBC, CNN, CNBC, wherever, it even extends beyond that. You know, if they were interested in 
putting facts first and speaking the truth than, and, and living up to the rules that they set, right? So if we're playing this game by their rules, today we should have woken up to mass bannings on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, for all the inf- misinformation that's been shared, especially in regard to the Rittenhouse trial, right? Uh, the president himself, right, if, if we're looking objectively at this issue, President Biden shared misinformation on the campaign trail, and therefore he should be banned right. from Twitter. It's, it is simple if you play by their own rules. Right, but they don't. And so that's why, exactly, they don't because they don't, they don't have to. Right? Yeah. My favorite thing, I saw this video, uh, someone put together a supercut that I saw yesterday while I was um, scrolling through, through Twitter, unfortunately. Uh, in between scrolling, uh, scrolling my getter feed, of course, and um, <laughs> of course, because that's where that's where you got to be, right? That's Channel right. Plug. <laughs> but uh, it was it was a video of CNN anchors kind of backtracking because they know that they don't want to be sued because they learned their lesson in the Sandman case. Yeah. And every time they would say something, well, we've now learned that since then, you know, she prefaced every sentence yeah. for like six, seven sentences in a row. Um, well, you know, since then we've learned that dot, dot, dot. And that's just wholly unacceptable. It that's is. unacceptable by their standards. It's unacceptable by our standards. Quite frankly, these people should be held accountable for what they're doing. Uh, I am, I am really looking forward to, uh, and from in a personal capacity, obviously really looking forward to seeing what Kyle Rittenhouse does to Brian Stelter. For yeah. example, yep. these people went out there. I, I mean, you can't sue a sitting president, but if I'm him, I'm waking up. I'm suing President Joe Biden for calling him a white supremacist in campaign material. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. And really, this this goes back to, you know, liberal ideology that, uh, that they want you to be ashamed of your country. Right. And if you don't fit that narrative, or if, if what you're saying or thinking doesn't fit that narrative, then you're in the other. And they've successfully othered us. And so that's why I think I, I'm so proud to be doing the work that I'm doing with Getter because, you know, when you feel like you're alone, that's when they win. And we don't, I hate taking this phrase from them, but there's not a safe space for conservatives on the internet there to organize or have conversations nope. or share truthful information uh, or to become better. You know what I mean? That's what it's about, Right the marketplace of ideas you get out there and you battle it out and the best idea is supposed to prevail. Well, we don't have that because if you don't, if you don't, you know, agree with whatever Jake fake tapper is saying on his show that week, then you don't belong here. Yeah. You're completely ostracized and silenced. I mean, that's the thing. It's one thing to be out of the club, right? But you're silenced. I mean, I look back now, this just happened um, on Friday. So it's very fresh in my mind. And we here at Just the News got dinged by Facebook and it's fact checkers because we wrote a story in June saying that there were problems with the ballots, the, uh, the absentee ballots in Georgia. We actually had the images. It wasn't like we were making up something. We weren't talking to some expert who was opining. We went and got the ballot images and we showed that the batch numbers didn't match the batch numbers that were originally cast. So you count votes in blocks of 100. And all of a sudden there were numbers assigned right. to hundreds of votes that weren't right. And then there were all these votes that said that um, you know there was 100 votes for Joe Biden, zero for Trump, which just can't happen in a precinct. It's just the law of averages, you don't do that. There was one 940 votes for Biden, right. none for Trump. 
So we got laughed off. We got penalized. We got dinged. Our story was blocked on Facebook and Twitter. And on Friday night, uh, the governor of Georgia said, we recreated this. It did happen. These are bad counting things. And he referred it to the state elections board. But for six months, people were kept from that information because some person with the platform was able to silence us. Do you think that we have built enough of an alternative ecosystem that within the next couple of years, uh, conservatives can be censor free? They can have the apps they want on their phone. They can say what they want on social media and not have to endure what we've endured the last few years. Well, I, I think so. A, a thousand percent. I think, you know, we're catching up. We always tend to, to lag behind a little bit in regards to technology. And what I'll say, I'll, I'll give 10 seconds on Getter. You know, we've experienced, we've got over 3 million users in about three and a half, four months, which is the fastest, makes it the fastest growing social media company in history. Sure. Um, And for reference, it took Facebook and uh, Twitter years to get a million. Amazing. Uh, And so there's this massive market, you know, market demand for something like this. Yep. And uh, it's, it's been truly just the blessing of my life to be a part of it. I'm so thrilled because I get to meet and get close to all these conservatives. It's this incredible, incredible community. But I want to touch on something you just said, because I think it's very, very important to this discussion, is that I think the left equates being canceled online. Uh, they, you get canceled on social media or whatever, and then that's it. But this happens in real life. There are real life, world, tangible, is the word I keep using, consequences to this culture, Right. They're canceling your accounts. They're canceling your votes at the ballot box. And it's all done through the same mechanism. God forbid you do what you said, you know, you, you guys are doing here at Justin News and you dig for the truth because you're a conspiracy theorist now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's real. That's real world stuff. They're, they're canceling you in real life in real time. Yeah. And it's not something that is relegated to your online presence. This stuff is real, man. They're coming for you in real life. And yeah. so that's why I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, more and more people will continue to search for alternatives like Getter and, and jump on board because we don't need to be giving them the time of day if they hate us as much. That's the point. Yeah, that's it. And uh, listen, the, the key thing that we still have a free market for the most part building alternatives and competing head to head with Twitter, Facebook, CNN, all those who have impugned us or given the information wrong. I mean, Russia, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, Lafayette Square, Russian bounties. I can go through 10 or 12 stories uh, a week where the mainstream media had something wrong and, and they suppressed the rest of us who had it right. It seems like we're at a moment now where competition is going to solve this. What, what is the single most important thing for platforms like Getter now to achieve? What, what, what can you know, everyday Americans do? Obviously, can sign up. But what are the important things for these alternate social media companies, media companies? What's the most important thing Americans could do right now to make sure they succeed? Well, I think obviously signing up is important. Telling your friends are important. But also, and this is something we really strive to embody uh, at the company, right? It's the understanding that this isn't a difficult concept. It boils down to mutual respect. You join Facebook, you join Twitter, you're entering kind of a mutual social contract with those, uh, with those outlets that they're going to respect your right to the First Amendment right. within reason, right? And, you know, you're going to respect, you know, the various things that they ask you to do, whether that's, you know, I, I don't even know what that looks like, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're going to use the app. 
it's not hard. It's not hard to do that. And that's what we strive to embody, you know, at Getter. And I think it's important for anyone in the movement to, to realize it, this isn't difficult and it boils down to respect. I think that's why President Trump was so successful for four years and, and even before that is because he didn't talk to you like you were an idiot, right? He nope. told you like it was. It was, yep. And he trusted you, you that you would understand it too, which they didn't talk down. Exactly. I mean, that's the difference between President Trump, President Biden. President Biden talks down to people a lot. President Trump kind of was like, you know, just one of the guys, one of the, you know, one of the folks at the table having a conversation. It's such a different tone. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what it boils down to, right? He respected you enough to understand that you may come to a different conclusion, but that the results were going to speak for themselves. And I think that's, that's the one thing that I'm really proud of at Getter that we're, we're embodying, right? It's mutual respect. You don't yeah. go on there and post, you know, videos of beheadings or, you know, porn or, you know, whatever the hell. You don't go, you don't go do crazy stuff yep. and you got a home, right? Yeah. You got a home. We're going to fight like hell to keep you there. And um, I think that's something that's really important for everyone to understand about the discourse is that it's not complicated. There's no section 230 and, you know, this, that, and the other, right? It doesn't need to be grounded in anything overtly complicated. And I think that's the key to success over the next, you know, 10 years of politics, right? Being able to continue to, to simplify our messaging. That's it, man. It's just respect. You know, I respect you. I didn't come on here and start cursing up a storm or, you know, I wasn't, you know, attacking anyone. You know what I mean? Like, like, because it's I about having a conversation. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. That's what people exactly. want. Exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah. People want that. And that's what I like. You know, Getter's doing a lot of live streaming where there's just conversations between people. And it's interesting, actually, because, you know, you feel like you're the third uh, partner at the table while two people are conversing. And I think that that live streaming, that conversation, the end of monologues and and uh, big, gigantic bully pulpits, I think are over. I think people are tired of that. They don't want to be told how to think. They want to learn information and make up their own mind. And it seems to me that Getter, particularly America First, all of these new entities are pushing us to a good place. And even though we've been tugged in a bad direction, I think we're tugging ourselves back. And that's what gives me a lot of excitement, Caitlin. So, Caitlin, what, what do you think will be the big takeaway from Thanksgiving? Last question. Obviously, we're going to have our dinners. It's probably more expensive. Maybe we couldn't get the yams or something because the <laughs> things are out. But I hate to bring politics into this holiday season, but this is a holiday season where the political implications of policy are going to be more apparent, aren't they? Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, anecdotally, I've gone to buy, uh, you know, family Christmas gifts. Yep. I, I, you know, I like to think ahead a little bit, you know, and we're talking Black Friday technically counts as Thanksgiving, I hope. Yep. And, you know, people aren't going to be able to find, aren't going to be able to buy what they want for their loved ones simply because, you know, there's a supply chain crisis or inflation is out of control. Right. You know, I've been saving up all year to buy my dad something uh, special. Uh, he wants a piece of tech, uh, you know, that, that he's wanted for a while. I can't find it because the, you know, it's probably stuck on a boat somewhere off, off the coast. Yep. And, um, I think we're going to see a lot of that. And this is a, it's, things are already really bad for the Biden administration. And I don't think they're going to get any better anytime soon. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Listen, things that we take for granted that we're supposed to have, cause we're the most powerful country in the world. We've got a great economy, great manufacturing base they're going to be in shortage this time. And there's nothing more powerful than not being able to get something you need or want uh, to, to right. awaken an American folk, uh, American populace to what's, what's really going on. Caitlin, we love what you're doing. How do we follow all the work that you're doing at AFPI and at uh, Getter? Yeah. So uh, give me a follow at Getter. I'm at Kalen, K-A-E-L-A-N. 
And I think on Twitter, I am uh, at K-D-O-R-R underscore USA. And uh, pretty pretty active on both, uh, you know, until Twitter decides to shut me down. I'm, I'm trying to get shut down so bad, man. So, <laughs> so good for business. You haven't been able to hit the right button yet, huh? That's right. That's right. But, uh, no, give me a follow there. And uh, make sure you follow America First Policy Institute at A1 Policy. A1 policy, that's pretty easy to remember. And you have a hound dog, don't you, Daisy? Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. She's, I don't know if you guys have been able to hear that. She's clickety-clacking in the background here. She's got to go uh, get her nails trimmed after this. Uh, uh, we're, we're making a trip to the, to the groomer. There's yeah, nothing, we, like, it, nothing like having a hound dog. That is an amazing, amazing pet. It really is. She's a blessing. Uh, she really is. Check out awesome. the Daily Daisy on Getter. That's, uh, that's the Daily Daisy on Getter. Look at that. <laughs> That's how much free speech is expended. Even the dog has an account. It's awesome. <laughs> Kayla, really That's enjoyed great. the conversation and all that you're doing for this country. And I uh, hope to get you back on here soon. Absolutely, John. You just let me know. I'll make it happen. Have a great Thanksgiving. You as well. You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, folks, it's time to slip into the cooking clothes, get the turkey out of the freezer, start thawing it out, slice up those potatoes, you know, uh, get the pies and start cutting them up. I can't wait for my pumpkin pie tomorrow. I am so grateful you tuned in today. I want to tell you about some exciting news. This is the first. We're going to announce this on Friday, but you're going to get it first. Yes, we're going to announce this on Black Friday as sort of a Christmas gift sort of thing from Just the News, the brand new iPhone and Android app for Just the News is available. It's in the stores. You can go right now to the Apple Store, the iOS Store, or the Android Store. Search Just the News and you will get our brand new app. What is exciting about it? You get three different ways to experience Just the News. You can read. That's the website with all of our great stories. You can listen. That's this show and many others like it. My good colleagues, Cheryl Atkinson has got a great show, one of my all-time favorites. There's about eight or nine podcasts now that we syndicate through the Just the News podcast network. Victor Davis Hanson, one of the greatest intellects in the conservative movement, he's on there. Christian Toto, the great Hollywood reporter, he's on there. If you like your culture fix, he's a guy to talk to. So the Listen tab has all of our radio programming, our podcast programming, and then you have Watch. And here's why Watch is so important. Yes, we do a daily newscast called Just the News Now. You hear from Madison Foglio. She sometimes comes on the show. We have exclusive interviews like the ones that Nick Ballacy does. But starting in the next month and a date soon to be announced, 
I'm going to launch a daily TV show. I know it's crazy. You're tired of me already, right? I already got the podcast. Go away, Solomon. Well, I want to try to put on a TV show that's unlike anything else in the space today. We're not going to start with monologues. We're going to start with facts. We're going to get newsmakers who give us the truth, newsmakers who get pressed to give us the truth. We're going to give you facts and let you make up your mind. And most importantly, we're going to have a conversation with you, the Just the News, Real America's Voice consumer. We're going to have an open forum, an open mic regularly on the show so that we can take your questions and talk to you and learn from you and create engagement. Your questions can drive our reporting. Your story ideas might go to our reporters. We want to have a conversation with Real America, with the Just the News audience in America. That's coming soon. You'll have an app. You'll have an ability to showcase that and watch that show. So you can read, listen, and watch on the new app. Check it out. Download it today. Get it ahead of all your friends. We're going to announce it on Friday. Very, very exciting development for the Justin News family, for all of us together. And it's the beginning of a two-way relationship. We want to start taking your questions, start getting your news tips. We send you documents in our dig-in tab. We send you information and reading links so that you don't have to take our word for things. Now you're going to be able to send us things in the next iteration of Just the News, a conversation about facts, about news, not noise, about information, not indoctrination. We are so grateful. We've got real reporters and they want to give you real facts and then we're going to let you make up your mind. We're going to step out of the way and say, take these facts and you decide what's best for you, your family, your body, your your life, your policies, your elections. That's what we're here for, to give you facts. That's the only product that we try to provide on our line. Facts for you. And I hope you'll enjoy that. Go to the Apple iOS store today. Go to the Android store, the Google Android or Google Play store and download the Just the News app. You'll be first out. You're the first ones to know about it because you listen to the show. We officially announce it on Friday morning and we're very excited about it. All right, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. A quick heads up on scheduling for today. Tomorrow, yes, we will still have a show. It will be a fun show. We have an entire inside look at one of the most influential conservative grassroots organizations in America, the Heritage Action Sentinels. That is a 10-year-old program that has trained thousands of conservative activists to go back to their local communities and create policy change, create electoral change, come up with new policy ideas, new ideas that make America and your community, your neighborhood better. We're going to take you inside that, unlike anything you've ever experienced. You're going to get to talk to real people. We've got a candidate who lost by one vote in a school board election. Think about that. A single vote. What better example of why you need grassroots activists? That election could have been changed if just two more people had voted. Just think about that. We've got uh, some great interviews with congressmen, with school board candidates and school board members. We have an incredible show tomorrow. And then on Friday, Jack Basibiak, the former naval intelligence officer, now a journalist and a, a provocateur thinker, very important thinker. He'll be joining the show. Really great all around important conversations. So two more days of Yes, we're in the Black Friday. Yes, we're in Thanksgiving, but we'll still have you covered with the show. You can put the earphones on while you're walking through the store, filling up the shopping cart, or if you're just kicking out your feet because you're still in that turkey coma, we'll have you covered. Until then, happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. God bless this incredible country, the United States. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. 
Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.